at what point does something become burnout Mm -hmm. and at what point is it not and then also what is our interest in like policing negative feelings people are having and people's mental health Mm -hmm. and so like what are we gaining by saying well you have burnout and i don't or Hmm. the opposite hi and welcome to Take some time off with me, your host, Maeve. I am an educator, a yoga instructor, and wellness advocate who recently quit her job in New York City and moved across the country to Salt Lake City, Utah to take some time off. This podcast explores what it means to use my time productively and provides practical tips to make meaningful use of your time too. We'll talk about burnout, speak to people making subversive career choices, and reflect on wellness in society and in our lives. So come on, let's get mindful and be well. Get ready to take some time off. and welcome back to take some time off with me your host Maeve listen I am so stoked about this episode so for the most part um, most of my podcast episodes have been solo meaning it's just me and the mic and like my thoughts on a subject which is cool Um, but it's very true that in the podcast world and in my life at large, when I'm by myself, I can definitely get stuck in my head. And we all know that um, our perspective is only one in the 7 billion perspectives that are out there in the world, right? And I find that relationships are not only um, some of the best ways to expand my perspectives, but they're also some of the most grounding uh, things in my life. So thankfully, I have met two people who I am lucky enough to call my friends who are not only grounding but they are wise, thoughtful, joyful, and hilarious. So when I thought about making an episode on burnout in the queer community, I knew they were my girls. Uh, So today we're going to be talking to Allie and Katie. Allie is a clerk for the Utah Supreme Court. Can you believe that? Um, and she grew up in Salt Lake City. She's an ex-Mormon. Um, she went to law school in Berkeley and will be returning there in the summer. Katie is a horticulturist at one of the country's best botanical gardens, as well as a huge fan of the Bachelor franchise. Um, both of them are career women with really interesting perspectives on work and they're also queer women who have bravely agreed to discuss the topic of burnout within the queer community. Um, A listener's note before we get started, if the term queer is new to you, that's no problem. Um, It's often used as an umbrella term to describe people in the LGBTQIA community, but it can also be used to describe anyone who finds themselves outside of the norms of heterosexuality, monogamy, or the gender binary. Um, If you are looking for more info, please read Queer, A Graphic History by Meg John Barker. That book literally blew my mind. Okay, so without further ado, here is me, Allie, and Katie talking queer identity and burnout over a glass of wine or several. Stay tuned. 
<laughs> yeah. I dude, I'm not even tempted to workshop that. <laughs> Gold. Uh, Three girls, two mics, let's yeah, do it. Okay. Good. All right. Maybe I'm over eager. No, no, I'm into it. I'm into it. One big one and one tiny. <laughs> that's gonna be good right. you know all mic sizes are per- perfect and beautiful though mm-hmm. right? no mm-hmm. mic size shame no not here mm-hmm. not in this space no um welcome to take some time off with me your host Maeve um I am here today joined by two of my cutest friends in Salt Lake City and also two really amazing people their names are Katie and Allie and they are giggling as I speak I'm um, so sorry and- <laughs> Allie is giggling. Want <laughs> it on the I record? Just, I, I would just like to clarify, Kate is taking this very seriously. No. It's all serious. It's all serious over here. Um, and today we're going to talk about burnout. Burnout is something that I have talked about a lot um, to myself, by myself, on this computer, but I have never spoken about it with other people and also thought about the ways that people's different experiences and different identities might impact the way they do or do not experience burnout. So that's what we're doing today, but we'll also have a lot of fun and um, it's going to be great. It's going to be yeah, I'm already laughing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, She's laughing, laughing since it started. Yeah. Um. So to start off, I'm going to ask each of you in any order that you choose to just give us a little background info about who you are, what pronouns you'd like to use, and um, what's been up. What's been up? Um. Yeah, uh, my name is Katie, Katie M., um, Yes, and I, uh, <laughs> I prefer she, her pronouns. Um, I am just, uh, I'm a, I'm a gardener. That's what I do for work. A horticulturist, which is just a bougie word mm-hmm. for gardener. It's unnecessary. Um, yeah, that's that's what I am. Mm-hmm. Have um, I told you the horticulture joke? I feel like I must no, have. No, no. Um, Dorothy Parker, you know who that is? She was like an old writer, like in the nineteen twenties, and she was famous for being like very like um, like uh, so witty that she could say like things off the cuff, and they'd be like so funny. Yeah. And so an interviewer asked her to use horticulture in a sentence, and she said, "You can lead a horticulture." But you can't make it think. Oh, whoa. Yeah. That's my life. So that's all I think about yeah. when I think about that word. Yeah, yeah. no, that's... Um, <laughs> that's resonated. That's, I can say <laughs> that, that. That really strikes a chord with me. Uh, Great. I've been led to culture <laughs> so many times. And I'm not thinking, but I am drinking Ooh. right now. So there we go. There, there it is. Um... Yeah, but I'm uh, just a young gay woman living in Salt Lake City, gardening, um, cultivating gardens, cultivating my life. Mm. And lately, yo, that was so gross. Um, but the way I responded was like so NPR. Yeah, well, actually, this was yeah, very Terry gross. <laughs> um, 
Which actually kind of leads me into something that's been going on for me. Um, just saying that what felt like a catchphrase to me. Um, I've been watching a lot of Real Housewives oh, of yeah. Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. Um, so Beverly that's Hills, been... like current season? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm uh, not up to date. Woof. Yeah? Woof. Let me tell you. <laughs> tell us. Hey, you know, it's all that you've seen one, you've seen them all. Um, right. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's diminutive, I'll say. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. New York is you a know, thing of its own. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Should... There is... It New York is hardcore. Yeah. Like the New York the uh, yeah. Wait, what? So the real there's the, the real housewives yeah. are in New York? New York, Beverly Hills, oh. Orange County, Atlanta. So like different seasons. So many different, there's yeah. also Married to Medicine, cities. which is a spin-off where they're all married to doctors uh-huh. and there's Another one where they're married wow. to somebody. Basketball Wives. Oh, yeah. I've wow. seen the ad for that. <laughs> I've seen the ad for Basketball Wives, but I've never dipped a toe. Mm. I, I, I get wrapped up. But anyway, so I've been thinking a lot in my daily life and kind of talking with coworkers about this as well as, like, catchphrases. Um, mm. And, and, you know, mm-hmm. the, po- like the, intro. the posing, right. the intro mm-hmm. is the best part of the show. <laughs> Yeah. I want it on a reel. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's what's going on for me. Yeah. Just thinking about what my catchphrase would be. And honestly, I think I just... You need a horticulture? I figured it out, you know? Yeah. Well, not a horticulture. I'm, you know, cultivating. Cultivating mm-hmm. gardens. Oh, cultivating oh, yeah. gardens yeah. and cultivating lines. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's hard for it's me to really say It's really good we clarified. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just want to say my catchphrase was obviously really memorable. That's it. Um... That's it. Great. Yeah, that's wow. About all. Thank you. I have a couple other things going on. Yeah, in your I'm, life besides that. <laughs> very. That's it. We're, we're just getting started. We're getting there. We're just Allie, warming up. Allie mm-hmm. has a compelling story that I'm dying to hear. So let's. Well, I also felt like I was dying, but I will get there with this we'll story. Yeah. So I am Allie, and I am bisexual, queer, I am an ex-Mormon living in Salt Lake City again, and yeah, white and benefit from a lot of cis privilege. Um, Katie's just touching her nose. I'm touching my nose, which (laughs) signifies... Signifying, I know, yes, I see you, I know, like... Yeah. She agrees. Also, so white. Um, so white. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> about me. So, no, me. Oh, okay. me also. <laughs> yeah, We're both very white. Pale. To clarify, yeah. so pale. Oh me, God. very pink. I'm uh, pink. Yeah. Pink, pinker. Oh, yeah. You know, Maeve's more tan. Yeah, I got tan recently. Yeah, yeah. Mm. that's something my listeners wouldn't know because last season I wasn't tan. Mm. <laughs> 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 well, Maeve's gotten tanner. I've gotten pinker. Yeah. So that's. I'm just. <laughs> Cancerous lesions, God knows. So that's anyway, the skin around <laughs> um, Yeah. And what's been going on for me mm-hmm. is that I got an IUD Mirena three weeks ago. What's the Mirena? Is it now? Part? So Mirena is so an is IUD is an intrauterine device, which is like the general <laughs> term for something that you decide to stick up into right. your uterus. Yeah. That lives there with you yes. for five to seven years, <laughs> or ten, if it's the copper ten? one, if Whoa. things the go well. One, yeah. Did you see that episode of House where... No. There was but a, I bet it's some horror story. It was a nun. She had a copper IUD <gasps> back when she was not a nun. Right. And so, yeah. 
I mean, but also maybe she got it because her periods are horrible. Right. But no, she yeah. didn't because copper yeah. makes it worse. Right. Really? Whoa. Copper does. Yeah. Well, she, she was, was allergic, allergic to, to the minus copper. plastic. Oh, and she's a oh my god. Yes. No, there's and real Lori's horror stories. Character was yeah. Such a dick about it. Anyway, that's horrible and so <sighs> true. I digress. I U D Morena. Yeah. Okay. So I did not get the copper one. I got Morena, which is hormonal, mm-hmm. because the reason. So. The reason that I got an IUD is because my periods are terrible, Mm -hmm. that I just feel sick three days out of the month. And I felt like, you know... Like super sick. Yeah, like super sick. Like I feel ill and tired and nauseous. And it's just kept getting worse as I get older. And so I decided, you know, I know the life I'm living and I I don't know what the IUD will bring me, but I know what I have. Right. And so I'm going to, I'm going to take a risk, right? And I had talked to my two sisters who both have gotten IUD Marina, and they both had good experiences. They completely recommended it to me. And so I did it. But let me tell you, <laughs> first off, I hope I hope y'all are ready. Maybe oh take a minute break or two if if this is too triggering for you right now. And IUD trigger warning. Oh yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Yes. So the insertion itself, it took them three times. Because the IUD mm-hmm. insert, no, oh I am God. not. <laughs> the I, the insertion yeah. device kept bending against my uterus. <laughs> Such the most messed up thing. It was What's horrible. The shape of the. So device. it's a T. Okay, they're all. It's t-shirts. a little T, and then it just like goes like. Yeah. Yeah. So it should just yeah. like nestle up into your uterus. Mm-hmm. Right. But to get it in, there's like it. a wand, right? Yeah. And it like kept bending. And the nurse was very confused. She's like, I've done thousands of these. <laughs> this has never happened before. She pulled it out, showed me horror film, pretty much, right? She it's all showed bloody. You she it. showed it to me. Why? And I mean, <laughs> I think what? Because she was like, I don't know what's happening. She, was, so she wanted so to show me she what was, was so happening. Stressed. She right? was like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <gasps> We were all stressed. And so so she's like, okay, this one's defective. I'm going to get another one. Same thing happens. Mm. There I am experiencing horrible cramps and just on the table doing my deep breathing practices, which saved me. But it took three different Morenas and like 20 to 30 minutes to get it inside me. It was terrible. Oh, my God. Did they? I saw you later that day. Oh, yeah. She was sick. You did see me. Yeah, but Maeve took (laughs) care of me. She gave me ice cream three weeks ago. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen you in so long. That's awful. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then it was not over. (laughs) So (laughs) there's more. But wait. Until like yesterday, I have been constantly bleeding. What? Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Uh, I, how no, much? That's like crazy. enough where you always need a tampon or a pad. That's oh, awful. God. Yeah. But it stopped yesterday? Yeah. It's like still spotting, Ugh. so it still feels unpredictable to me, but it yeah. is slowing down. It was that consistent. That's insane. Well, it's so variable, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's just, it like, is. They, it's super they tell variable. You, like, we here's yeah. an idea of what to expect, but God knows. So I e- emailed the nurse because my two sisters are shocked. They had great experiences. They're like, this shouldn't be right. So I emailed the nurse. She's like, oh, no. If you're still bleeding in six weeks, come back. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't Burn do that. Down. I can't Burn do that. Yeah. So I am just taking it one day at a time. Uh-huh. 
and trying to make it through June, and then I will make a decision about yeah. whether to take Ida, the IUD, out of my body. Ida, oh my god, cute. Mm-hmm. That is wow. really cute. Yeah. That sucks. That sucks that yeah. it's not predictable. Also sucks that men don't do any of this. Yeah, so can I add one more thing? Katie, raise your glass. Yeah, raising yeah. our glasses. Raising our glass. So, to Ching, not Ching. doing anything. <laughs> yeah. So, guilty pleasure, I'm watching The Bachelorette. <laughs> This girl, Katie, got me into The Bachelor. Okay, I was going to talk, talk about this when I read that. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Go ahead. Can I, do you know what I'm going to talk about? I don't, and <laughs> I'm so excited. So, last so. week's episode. Oh, my God. Han- oh, wait, maybe two weeks ago. Two weeks Hannah ago. Hannah B. takes this the guys. This is June 6th. Yeah. I think that I'm talking about like week three or week two of The Bachelorette, so potentially okay. spoilers if you're mm-hmm. watching along but a little mm-hmm. late. Yeah. So Hannah B <laughs> takes some of the guys on a group date and they go and they get stimulated pregnancy week. deliveries. What? Week three. Week three. Was week that week three? three? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you know how you can put sensors on yeah. Why? a person's like abdomen to, yeah, le- yeah, to feel the pain of it? Yeah. Or some electric something. I think yeah. it's trodes. Why would you mm-hmm. do that? So that, so, so that I experience some kind of solace when I'm writhing in this IUD pain mm-hmm. and I watch yeah. All of these men on these The Bachelor oh, freaking out. The men put them on. It's so satisfying. It's so good. They're nice. They are just squirming. That's awesome. Dying. But I bet it doesn't yeah. even come close to the real yeah. thing. And yeah. they're all saying, they're like, it's so painful. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Uh, but that yeah. that brought me a little yeah, good. Joy, that's a great thing you know? to watch. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great. Also, I bet there's YouTube like channels yeah, full so. of that. Yeah, Ooh. that's good. That could be like a ASMR <laughs> thing, but just for people. ASMR. <laughs> yeah, you just want to watch men labor pain. labor <laughs> simulation ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> no. You were gonna add something, or no? I Katie. I might have just had it. I, I, I Bachelorette. No, I'm gonna circle back to. She's that. Cir- she's circling we're back. Circling back. So, okay, yeah. that's great. Um, I was just gonna say <laughs> that um, my name is Maeve. <laughs> and the thing that's up with hi me, Maeve. Yeah, what's up with you, Maeve? What's up with me? <laughs> this is my tiny mic. Um, the thing that's up with me is that I got, uh, I, I decided to enroll in the University of Utah's doctorate program in education, culture, and society. So my time as a, like a burnout nanny is drawing to an end. And so the thing that I'm thinking about is like how to stay chill and also, like, do something yeah. new, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, like, this whole process of, like, being here has been about me, like, trying to relax. And so it'll be interesting to see if I can still, like, maintain wellness and wellness practices and stuff while I'm also, like, going to school again with my Jan sport. Jan wow. sport. I wouldn't have it any other way. Sport, sport. Nothing else yeah. besides a jam sport. Uh-uh. Oh. So, that's what's new with me. 
Um, and my listeners know all about me. That's great. I'm glad you guys are close. Um, it's like my mom is my listener. So hi, Mae's mom. (laughs) Hi, Mrs. Wall. Uh huh. Yeah, Mrs. Wall. She'd appreciate that. We. You've done good. Yeah, yeah. we really value Mae. Honestly, she brings so much light into this. I'm so grateful for her. Yeah. Honestly, Mrs. Wall. Mrs. Wall. Thanks, guys. I went by Miss Wallace, my kindergarten teacher oh, persona. Um, so with that, speaking of careers, <laughs> um, we. <laughs> my roommates told me to walk in here and say, "Don't you know I have the face for television?" <laughs> I didn't do that, but I should. Mm-hmm. My grandpa would say, "You should get on the stage." The one leaving at seven o'clock. <laughs> Oh! <laughs> Classic Sadler. Uh-huh. <laughs> Morris. Oh. Oh. Remind well. <laughs> 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 Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep us plugging yeah, along. Let's keep yeah, let's keep going. <laughs> let's keep going. <laughs> That's good. Um, so let's talk about our current careers. Um, well, I'm just gonna interview you guys. So I'm gonna ask you, what are your current careers? But also, like, what, so it's kind of a two-part question, because it mm-hmm. would seem silly to focus solely on careers in a podcast about balance. So can you tell me about what your current career is, but then also what do you do for wellness outside mm-hmm. of that? Okay, so I am a young attorney, and mm-hmm. <laughs> graduated from law school a year ago, and I'm finishing mm-hmm. up a... Clerkship. She's amazing. At the Utah Supreme Court, which means that I research and write and draft opinions that become law. I would just like to emphasize Supreme. (laughs) That's all. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. (laughs) Um, And clerkships are usually a temporary job they're for like a one or two year term and so mine is coming to a close Mm -hmm. it's been good but i'm excited to move on really excited and i'm gonna be a youth justice attorney in california moving in two months Mm -hmm. back to the bay area Mm -hmm. and we'll be doing working at a bit at a legal aid office doing pretty much every legal need that a young person has. So under 21 years old, that is not their criminal case. So I'll do special education, public benefits, housing, Mm -hmm. work with sexually trafficked youth. It's going to be great. Wow. That's awesome. It's going to be fun. That's amazing. I imagine that burnout will be a topic. Yeah. (laughs) You need to be really thoughtful about. Yeah. 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 Well, as y'all may know, attorneys are like not great at at wellness or work-life balance Mm -hmm. attorneys have super high rates of alcoholism and depression and suicide and Mm -hmm. so it is very pressing with Mm -hmm. attorneys and it's definitely something i am very mindful of um so what are your like wellness mm -hmm. practices look like then yeah so the way i approach my life is i try and just treat my life sustainably that overall, like, I want to live my days in a way that I can live for a long time and, like, live my that. weeks in a way oh, that yeah. I can for a That's long great. time. And so... I feel like my philosophy has always been, like, 
what if today's the last day on earth? Yeah, no, and then I'm that like really kidding. gets you into trouble. Yeah. No, it. Uh, <laughs> I'm out here like what if I'm just burning it down. Right, right. <sighs> Go ahead, though. Maybe no, you can yeah. burn it down sustainably, you know? Yeah, like control Compost. burns. Yeah, control, control burn, burns. Like rejuvenate. Just control you know, burn your life. Yeah. <laughs> mm, that's beautiful. There, there you go. That's your album. That's, yeah. That's my, that's my sale discount shelf. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait, Katie. Yeah. yeah. So that, for me, means, like cooking every day and going doing something outside or grounded in my body so running or swimming or just like Mm -hmm. stretching and so that I can feel present and it's not perfect that doesn't happen every day but that's like my baseline that if my days don't feel that way then pretty soon I'm like I gotta get back to a calm Mm -hmm. middle I love that um as I mentioned earlier I'm a horticulturist here at a botanical garden in the great state of Utah. Come but yeah, I'm a gardener. I uh, yeah, I recently things have been wild career-wise. Mm-hmm. I started working up there. You guys know you've been through this journey with me through the whole it. thing. Yeah, this, coaster. this January I was hired on as a as a full-time year-round employee, which is in the horticultural field is. You know, it's lucky because mm-hmm. seasonal jobs have been my life, and I'm kind of wiggling my way into the first, <laughs> first kind of very settled position. Yeah. So it's it's been a lot, but I'm lucky. I mean, I've known the people who work there for years, most of them, and so. It, Does it feel? Do you feel like relieved, or is it like a more like a pressure? relief I feel largely such huge relief Mm -hmm. because I'm getting to do all this work I enjoy and this work I'm comfortable doing um and things I want to do for the most part I mean there's stuff I don't want to do but that's work um when you're when you're working Mm -hmm. seasonally and you're thinking well what am I gonna do next so Mm -hmm. It's my nightmare. Yeah. And I had given up, quite frankly. Right. You know, you give up because you're like, well, yeah. I also need to not not have money. Right. So, you know, you, <laughs> yeah. you start looking for other options that are more sustainable. But uh, mm-hmm. then, then, you then got it just, it call. worked out. It worked out. Mm-hmm. So That's awesome. But yeah, my background is I've been gardening in the professional um, sector. <laughs> For the, since 2015, and I've been working in urban farming, um, and that's been delightful, and I really fell in love with that, and now I'm back in ornamental fine gardening, um, that's so cute. which I love. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. You guys, oh, you Katie's a big deal. I'm a tiny deal, but I'm... She's too busy for you, doing. but if she had time, she I would am, make your garden beautiful and perfect. I want to make... Everyone, I want to make everybody's yard. You know what? And I don't even want to do that. I want other people to want to do it. You know, like I want empower them. Yeah, we got to do a spinoff that's like take some time to garden. Take some time. Give us some tips. Oh, I. Yeah, yeah. I would love that. Katie has chickens. I have chickens. Piece. I do. That's an important piece. I do have chickens. Um, They're not part of my career. They're just part of my life. Your home, um, your yeah, family, your wellness been, practices? Yeah, you know, they are part of my wellness Katie. practice. So my chickens have been kind of a, 
they've been kind of a journey for me. Um, actually, this Monday, this past Monday, was their month birthday. <laughs> Congratulations! They were all born on Monday of yes. last week. They're super cute. They're Happy four. Have a party? I didn't have a party, but I I hung out with them and we chatted. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been telling Maeve and Allie I'm a really hands-off mom. <laughs> And I love my chickens, but I've just, I've never been, I've never been a, a pushy nurturer by nature. So, you know, we, you know, we respect each other's chickens space. Chickens are going to be independent yeah. and free. Yeah. yeah. And I'm finding that caring for them does bring me a lot of joy. Cool. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that I have them and that's definitely something. Mm-hmm. What else do you do? You like know. after work or on the weekends to like balance or feel balanced? Yeah. yeah. So I just am going to circle back here. Circle back. Um, and I'm going to circle back to um, The Bachelorette, <laughs> uh, which is Herfball. part of my wellness routine. I love reality TV. I just mm-hmm. want to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Resonates. reality TV. I've been watching the newest season of The Bachelorette, which if you're listening to this podcast kind of in a more real time mm-hmm. sense, yeah. I urge you to watch it. It's the best season I've ever Same. seen. Oh, it's, it is really good. Hannah, this woman, she oh. just, she advocates her. She's terrifying. Straight yeah. up. She's yeah. horrifying. Oh, I love her. Cause she, I love okay. her. I love her, but I'm scared of her. Okay, but she started the show like the least just, polished, just, right? Yeah, a, a bachelor, bachelorette. Yeah, she just, but she has just come into her own. She is okay. Chris Harrison, his quote from the show, uh huh, it on episode four, um, was she, she takes in the information, and she takes care of business. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and that. Hannah. Yeah, Hannah B. Yeah, Hannah B. That well, is good. We'll add you. We'll add Excellent you. show. And honestly, I love, mm-hmm. if there's one thing I love, I love sitting back mm-hmm. with my lady yes, and watching reality TV. Mm-hmm. I love watching. Mm-hmm. I, well, I love watching TV. Mm-hmm. So that's something I do for wellness. Wellness is something that I struggle with a lot. Yeah. Um, making time for wellness. I garden a lot for wellness. So I come home from gardening and then garden more for <laughs> wellness, which it, it, there's a, a point of diminishing return for that, obviously, yeah. because my body just exhausts itself at some point. Um, so trying to integrate yeah. more mm-hmm. thing. I love yoga and I love mm-hmm. other activities, but yeah. but I'm I'm really truly so burnt out that I just don't participate yeah. in a lot of wellness. Well, so I think I, can't, yeah. I think from here that's a great time to talk about burnout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So the reason this all thanks for the segue. Yeah. Um. The reason this all came up, or like at least came up for me, is so I knew I was burnt out as an educator, and um, and I knew something had to change when I realized that I was like in the job I'd always wanted and I was just like not happy, and then I like just looked around and I was like, this is literally like, I could have written this on a piece of paper as what I wanted to do and I'm doing it and I'm not I'm like going home and feeling exhausted and sad and lonely and like isolated and um no time for myself so I was like something's case such your nose um <laughs> so something had to change right so my big thing was I moved here um 
and I nannied and it's been amazing. Um, but as I did this podcast and thought more about it, like burnout as this concept came up and it's also been coming up, I think a lot just in like pop mm-hmm. culture and society in general. Um, um, anyway, there's an article that came out like six months or so ago about burnout and it was like, this is millennial burnout. And I feel like everyone I knew was talking about it and being like, oh my God, like this is exactly what I feel. And, um, the, the author in the article was talking about how she like, can't go get her errands done. Like she has errand paralysis as part of her burnout and like Whoa. all of, yeah, no, you got to read it cause it really does. You're like, oh shit, I didn't realize this was all something um that other people experience and so let me see if i can find a couple quotes from her um and helen peterson it's called how millennials became the burnout generation in a market shift from the generations before millennials needed to optimize ourselves to be the very best workers possible Mm -hmm. and so how uh we grew up thinking that we needed to do every single thing possible to like boost Mm -hmm. what we look like on paper Mm -hmm. and i that like is Mm -hmm. my experience like up until this point and um and then how to like uh like just get the job we want and then people Mm -hmm. our age like in this time are finding that they have the job they want or they right and they're like oh shit I'm like, this isn't doing anything for me. And then you can't like go to the grocery store because you're so actually, I think she mentioned, I think in this article about how like a bunch of millennials didn't vote because it was like too overwhelming to like process the, Mm -hmm. the system of like getting an absentee ballot, if that's what it Mm -hmm. was or going, figuring out where to to Mm -hmm. vote. Stuff like that. It's like that, like day to day life shouldn't be hard. Like what you were saying, Allie, Mm -hmm. about like sustainability. It's like, that's a big problem and I think most people are living that way don't even Mm -hmm. realize Mm -hmm. what a huge like that's not okay like Mm -hmm. people should enjoy their day-to-days my thought Mm -hmm. um so anyway that's how I thought about burnout and I've been thinking about burnout but then there's been a lot of response to that article and and I think it came out in February so since then um but the biggest one was this article that said this is what black burnout feels Mm -hmm. like and um it was written by Tiana Clark and she writes about Um, the particular experience of burnout from a black female Mm -hmm. perspective and how that is similar to what Anne Helen Peterson is describing, but also very, very different. So this is a quote that she says, um, you can call it inherited trauma, inherited burnout, this cross-generational idea that comes from a long line of tired black women. Not only are we fighting the endless emails and Slack notifications, which is something that Anne Peterson mentioned, but we're also trying to prove our humanity inside and outside of the workplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Snaps to Tiana Clark. Um, and then there were other responses about, like, here's what burnout looks like from a bunch mm-hmm. of different perspectives. And they provided, like, a little, it was, like, BuzzFeed provided, like, a little quote from mm-hmm. a couple different, I think, like, 16 different mm-hmm. perspectives. Mm-hmm. But um, what I realized is that... Um, my experience of burnout is like a white, cis, like able-bodied, middle-class, like all of these privileges, Mm -hmm. um, is way different. And even the fact that I was like, oh, I'm going to quit my job and move here and I'll be fine. Um, cause I can, I know that I'll be able to get a job and I have this education to fall back on it, whatever. Um, that's so different from other people's experiences. And so it feels like something we need to talk about. So that's what we're here to do, girls. Yeah. <laughs> Wolf is right. But just just to speak to our own experiences, and then I'm going to interview my mom about ageism yeah. and a bunch of other people about mm-hmm. 
their experiences. Yeah. So you're not representing everybody. You're just representing your own yeah. stories. Yeah. Um, I have one more quote I was going to read. Sabrina came out. Sabrina is out. Wow. So she's been in the room the whole yeah, time. She what? doesn't move. God, catch her But she hasn't moved since we moved here. She only stays in this room. Yeah, she stays in this one special part. What but are you? She's so She cute. seems okay, though. She seems just great. Because we haven't moved in a long time. It's when anybody moves any part of their body. That she... mm. Oh, she's stretching. Oh. So your listeners already know Sabrina and Marco. Yeah. I don't know if they know them by name. Listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I have two cats. Sabrina and Margo. Sabrina. Do you, do you have a name for your listeners yet? No. Well, who should they be? Perhaps your mavens. <laughs> Yes. I don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe your breakers? Your maven. Your breakers. Like take a breakers? Right. Take a breakers. Your burnouts. Oh! Maven the burnouts. That's also my band. My That's good. My Americana band. Maven the burnouts. It's me and a bunch of like bearded dudes. But I'm the lead singer, and they're just like, obviously, yeah. yeah. And they're just playing bass guitar, because honestly, that's all they can do. <laughs> and I do ukulele. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, the last quote I was going to cite was from that list of, like, intersectional um, burnout, like, experiences. And this is a um, from a gay Asian male. And that was the only one in this list of, I think, let's check really quick. I think it was 16. The only person who identified as queer. Yeah, 16 people. So it's, like, also even in this, like, very intentionally diverse space. It wasn't that diverse, but... Um, as a gay Asian male from first-gen parents, a majority of my struggle and burnout has come from me trying to understand my place in a society that largely doesn't want to hear or see me. My choices are typically motivated by fear of not fitting in and then regret because they don't truly represent me, railing against and conforming to others' opinions of the person I should be and the knowledge that at any moment, politics or racism or homophobia could threaten my social position with a limited cushion to fall back on. This struggle to me transcends generational bounds. Keeping up with Slack and DMs is effortless in comparison because they're just at a higher level of Maslow's Maslow's pyramid for me. I'm still trying to survive. That's Derek. He's 24. Mm. Derek, we see you. Derek. <laughs> Thank you, Derek. <laughs> Thank you, Derek. Thank you, Derek. Oh. So, with all of that angst... Yeah, um, I love it. Feels me. Yeah. Um, I wanted to hear your experiences with burnout. Yeah. Um, and, and to that point, like, do you feel like your identity or your queerness or any parts of your identity impact the way that you experience burnout or fatigue. Okay, I will I will go first. They're desperate towards each other. Allie is really <laughs> We're both yeah. so polite. Yeah. <laughs> We're just so cordial. So <laughs> yeah, so burnout, my life. Mm-hmm. I I definitely feel fatigue. It's it's interesting. I'm like, at what point does something become burnout? Mm-hmm. And at what point is it not? And then also, what is our interest in, like, policing negative feelings people are having and people's mental health? Mm-hmm. And so, like, what are we gaining by saying, well, you have burnout and I don't? Or hmm. the opposite. So, 
I don't know. And I think I should look this up. Maybe I'll insert mm-hmm. it in. But uh, American Psych- Psychological mm-hmm. Association just like labeled burnout burnout as a syndrome that you can have, mm-hmm. which interesting. is interesting because really? I've always thought about it as like a cultural like right as yeah. a phrase. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. And so I. The space where I feel fatigue is that is at the Supreme Court, and I'm just gonna like talk generally about it. But mm-hmm. it's no surprise to anyone that courts are very conservative spaces, and there's like okay. norms around being objective and neutral, mm-hmm. which really means white male right. educated <laughs> yeah. conservative, mm-hmm. right? But those are the norms that like underlie the courts, the legal profession. And so it's like a very intimate space of being in court. I don't, in chambers, I only work with like four people every day and then like 20 people at all, Mm -hmm. right? And so we're all kind of socializing as we get through our work. And there's just constantly things where it's like, well, do I say... Like, I can't bring my full self to the space. Yeah. And that's something I'm constantly weighing. Do I say the thing that I actually think? And Hmm. if something, if someone says something that I don't feel comfortable with, do I say it or not? And, yeah. How do you, how do you deal with that? Because that sounds... Yeah. Heavy. Yeah, it is heavy. I think I, I try to, when I have energy, engage Especially if it's around issues of oppression. Mm -hmm. And, like, if someone's saying something that's racist, I, like, I really try to engage. Not always and definitely not always perfectly. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I just, I, like, try and be forgiving of myself when I don't have the energy for it either. And one specific thing has been, like, my partner is trans and uses they, them pronouns. Mm-hmm. And everyone knows that I have a long distance partner that everyone, as in people who I work with. And so I've been working with people throughout the year to like, just work on their pronoun, like mm-hmm. practice people knowing that they, them pronouns are a right. real thing that they should use. Yeah. And it's for a, most of the year, like for the first six months, it just felt really high stakes for me. And so yeah. I, like, wouldn't even correct most people. Yeah. And it's, yeah. yeah. But then I finally was like, you know what? I just need to start. I'm going to start trying. And it's overall, like, not been that big of a deal. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm white and privileged and in, like, a space where I can't be harmed in any way. But it just the toll of, like, deciding whether to say something or not and to engage with someone mm-hmm. has been weighing on me. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's also has something to do with, like, balancing, like, your security and, like, comfort level at work and, like, your ability to do your job Mm -hmm. with, like, listening to the yourself and, like, who you are, which is heavy. Yeah, and I think that's exactly right. It, like, there's a lot of norms of the legal profession and especially clerkships and like there's a strong norm to just keep the peace and Mm. to like have things be smooth so that you can work with these handful of people over a year right on things that are like people don't agree on and so it feels like well it just feels like well I want 
I want to bring my full self to the workplace, but mm-hmm. if I do that, will that make it harder for me to work with these people? Yeah. So, well, yeah. It's like that, that smoothness you're talking mm-hmm. about seems like equating to like silence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your, your personal. Yeah. Sphere. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. If it's smooth, then it's just less of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. And I also imagine, because that resonates with me, I'm sure that it resonates with so many people why can't, I mean, obviously we know why people can't, but like fundamentally it's a problem that people can't bring their whole selves to the space that they're dedicating like most of their time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Katie, do you want to add? I would just like to comment on my, like Allie was talking about her privilege Mm -hmm. in the workplace and in the world. And I would like to comment on my extreme privilege in the workplace in the world um i don't worry at all about bringing my full self to Hmm. the workplace because of the space i'm in Mm -hmm. um which is wild because I talk to a lot of people about, you know, their workplaces and just interacting with yeah. people from so many different backgrounds. Um, especially people who work in, like, the medical field or behavioral health field. or I have a lot of people, of, like, in that, in my personal mm-hmm. sphere, um, who, you know, their personal life stay at home, whereas, like, my life comes to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I notice more and more is just, like, I think about that daily. It's just like, I talk about my girlfriend all the time. Yeah. And I talk about like my girlfriend's dog. I talk about. Did you ever feel worried? Like like, talking about that? You know, I feel things out and Mm -hmm. I see who I'm around, but I have, I'm in this amazing workspace all the time. Hmm. That's, That's you know, there's stressors and there's, you know, personalities that clash in the typical Mm -hmm. workplace way where you need to make distance because blah, 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 whatever. Um, Like, I I don't know, just workplace Mm -hmm. nonsense. Yeah, I feel like that's how it always is. Just, like, like petty shit. Mm -hmm. Just, like, not important Mm -hmm. stuff. But in terms of, like, me being able to talk about my life, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not going to tell our executive director, like, oh, my girlfriend and I went on this, you know, but... I do feel comfortable, like, talking about my life mm-hmm. at work and having conversations, like, having conversations about mm-hmm. stuff that's happening. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the people on my crew, like, we've been talking about, like, the abortion bills that have been passing. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I, I've been having those conversations, and I am taken aback in my mind often when I remember that that's not a reality for people in their workplace, so I just kind of want to... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say that and just kind of say that that's where I'm at in terms of like my workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, how do you that's experience burnout thing. in a different context? Like, so, my burnout yeah. comes largely, is largely physical. Yeah, <laughs> like, that makes sense. It's like yeah. I was thinking about that. It, it's largely physical and it's largely like mm-hmm. mental in a different way than like. my workplace specifically Mm um so like it's hot um yeah in places like it's warm 
outside. Um, and I work outside. Um, mm-hmm. All day, right? And it's also cold outside. Yeah. So you're there in the hot. You're there, there in the in cold. The cold. Um, rain. You're like the a rain. U.S. With the yes. rattlesnake. The rattlesnake. Oh my gosh, we. What? Um, we were trying to catch a little gopher snake today, How'd just to show some people how okay. to do rattlesnakes. I have some ethical dilemmas with like moving them around. Yeah, I really, really do. I have a lot of problems mm. there, but. Anyway, um, where are the rattlesnakes? At the garden. Where I work, yeah. That's At the part garden? Of our, that's part of our job is removal and relocation. <gasps> yeah. Katie. I, I, you know how to remove them? Yeah. Have you done, done it? A lot. Oh. You a just lot. scoop them up? You just, right? you got these little, little claws, you know, like the little grabbers, like mm-hmm. elderly folk used. Yeah. Pick up stuff sure. or yeah. whatever. Um, you, where do you put them? We just take them up the road a bit we, within our bounds at the mm-hmm. garden. We've got about 100 acres, so. Yeah. At some point, I was talking about burnout. Yeah, you were. I don't know. Well, you're talking about the heat and the, the cold. Heat. Well, well, physical, physical burnout, which is interesting because I feel like that's something physical. that's definitely not discussed yeah. in, like, the DM slack. Yeah, yeah. well, and it's something as well, too. I mean... I have a lot of friends, you know, my age, millennial age, you know, we're working digitally or we're working and mm-hmm. people are doing projects here and there. Um, so I guess for my line of work, I guess I was talking with you guys about this earlier is, you know, it's, it's gardening. It's not, you know, glamorous. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of people have side hustles and a lot of people's side hustles is other Oh, like, yeah. either, like, ecological services jobs or doing, like, just side work, various, like, private contracting, getting LLCs to do that contracting. Um, it's just, like, super yeah. physically exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find for myself it's hard to, like, I'm an extremely social person. Mm-hmm. And I love, like, I love stuff like this. Like, we're hanging out. Yeah. We're chatting. We don't get to hang out as a group a lot, me, Mabe, and Allie. Um, and it's so nice. Three of us, three girls, two mics. Um, <laughs> it's nice that we're getting to do this. Like, it's yeah. so nice. But I barely have energy for this ever yeah. slash right now. Like, yeah. I, I yeah. because I'm, like, yeah. physically tired all the time. My schedule is different. I wake up at, like, between, like, 5.30 and 6 every morning. Yeah. Um and like I'm just I when I have to go to bed like I have to go to bed right Mm because I will wake up and I'll feel nauseous all day Mm -hmm. like physically sick like I'll wake up in the morning and like feel sick if I don't sleep enough because I know that I'm gonna have to go into a day of physical work you know however demanding that day Mm -hmm. might be or however light that day might be because Mm -hmm. like the effects of like Physical work and heat and cold mm-hmm. on your body are cumulative, and those things yeah. mm-hmm. compile and yeah. Just makes me think of first of all, thanks for sharing. That's really yeah. rough. That's hard to balance all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, had a mentor actually when I was teaching who would told me about which is silly that she was then mentoring me because she was like kind of not well herself, but she um, told me about how she would throw up in the school bathroom every day once she got into work, like throw up in the bathroom and then go about her day. Hers wasn't physical. Hers was emotional, like anxiety and stuff. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think that speaks also to mm-hmm. just this, like, larger issue, like, a societal issue with um, working as, like, the end-all, be-all of, like, why mm-hmm. we exist yeah. and the way that we have to, like, work to be, to survive, uh, which, I don't know, I guess that's, like, that's capitalism, but, like, right. mm-hmm. there's big drawbacks to that in the, yeah. something yeah. or what you're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and some of it is like, physical, some of it's emotional or, or mental, but mm-hmm. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, and I mean, I'd, I'd also like to say that I work a physical job, but that's a luxury that I have. Like, I want to say that mm-hmm. as well. Like, mm-hmm. I have a college degree. Like, I mm-hmm. am mm-hmm. in a position where I'm it's comfortable in my yeah. physical job. Like, I... Mm-hmm have a very luxurious position now like I as meager as it is right I'm like the Mm -hmm. lowest level full-time employee in a horticulture department right and so but I'm still like a benefit employee and I'm safe Mm -hmm. um whereas like and I have that Mm -hmm. option like I could be working in an office I could be doing technical writing copywriting Mm -hmm. Whatever someone else could do with an industry Mm -hmm. I really don't know um (laughs) but like no one knows I like, a lot of our seasonal mm-hmm. employees, like, and when I was in a seasonal employee, like, are hustling, like, mm-hmm. just, like, working three jobs, four jobs, trying to figure it out, like, trying to, like, yeah, just make everything work and be okay. Mm-hmm. And that, that, mm-hmm. like, people who are working physical jobs and because that's what they are doing and that's what has to be done mm-hmm. um that's a whole different ballgame totally. so yeah. while i'm saying like my job's physical way you know like yeah i'm also like, there's a scale yeah i'm choosing mm-hmm. to do this and it, like yeah you know i i know what i'm doing well i feel like i heard a lot of like really insightful things from what you just said one of like how cumulative this all is of how there's a buildup, and that mm-hmm. that pulls from one of the quotes that you read earlier too mm-hmm. Maeve, of like mm-hmm people that are experiencing intergenerational trauma, yeah. right? Like, yeah. that cumulative buildup and trauma and burnout is so high. Yeah. Um, and then another thing was how, like, you are beyond capacity, it sounds like, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's no extra give. Yeah. There's no extra reserves. Because yeah. you are doing this really grueling work in all conditions for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And dealing with other stuff in your life, too. And so how burnout is, like, something that builds up and it just... Yeah. Over generations or over your own few years or something, right. it, like, takes out all of the extra capacity you have. Yeah. I'm so glad that we're talking about burnout because... And I'm so glad that it's a social and, like, uh, a, a phrase that's even coming up. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, you can't really address burnout when you're in it. And, like, what you're saying, like, mm-hmm. if you you are at capacity, like, where are you going to add the wellness routines into, right. yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's that was my experience yeah. in New York yeah. was, like, I'm working 12 hours a day, and then I'm, like, mm-hmm. berating myself for also not meditating when I get yeah. home. And it's, yeah. like, I have no mental or physical right. capacity mm-hmm. to meditate. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's why it's important to be, like, if we can, like, be aware of it early and then also, like... One thing I talked mm-hmm. about in, like, the episode I did on burnout was just, like, making limits at your workplace and, like, mm-hmm. making that a norm. Like, we all do that. Like, we all cut off our work time or yeah. we all, um, you know. No one looks at emails after right. 7 p.m. That kind yeah. of stuff. That's, 
Yeah. France did it. That France is, did it. Yeah. You know? France did yeah, it. Yeah. That's because huge. that's the kind of thing that, like, mm-hmm. um, it need that it needs to be both personal yeah. and societal. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm glad that we're talking about it for that reason because, um, yeah, because otherwise it's hard to hard yeah. to become unstuck unless you do yeah. something insane like move across the country which yeah. is like i said a huge privilege yeah i mean this this is capitalism Let's yes yeah. this right? is capitalism. like this yeah. is capitalism yeah. and this is why we're here yeah i mean one of my biggest pet peeves i was talking about it with i feel like i talk about it at least twice a week especially with the people like who are on my crew and like on my staff like mm-hmm. about work martyrdom and Ooh, yeah. That's I, a lovely phrase. I encounter that a lot, especially mm-hmm. in the physical mm-hmm. labor, in the gray collar jobs, because mm-hmm. it's gray collar work. You know, we're like, we're not blue collar. Mm-hmm. We're not white collar. <laughs> like we yeah. are in a privileged space to be there to be mm-hmm. doing almost nostalgic physical labor. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and when there is martyrdom, and I feel like that translates to any field, even not mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But Attorneys when there's, definitely when there's, are yeah, doing this, when right? Yeah. When there's any sort of martyrdom, it's just, or when someone's, like, complaining about how thin they're spread, mm-hmm. and, and it's, like, it's self-inflicted or self-perpetuated. And it's, like, brag. Bragging. And it's, yeah, it's, yeah. like, a humble brag, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, or backdoor yeah. bragging or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, like, I... Yeah, I, you're contributing to this, you know, or I'm contributing to this by being mm-hmm. like, I'm working so hard, I'm doing this. When mm-hmm. we can all just take a break and mm-hmm. encourage others to just yeah. chill out. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, because people that have like privilege yeah. in those spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I have a dear friend who graduated from law school with me last year who has cerebral palsy and is brilliant, is an awesome advocate, and she con I she constantly feels tapped out and like she <laughs> has to keep working. And part of it and and like it's the relation between being in law school and then being an attorney and her disability and it's like the the legal field is not set up for people to have disabilities. Yeah. It's built on ableism. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it's like she, part of me sometimes will get frustrated and be like, why can't you relax? Like you're yeah. doing the best you can. Why can't you feel like you're doing the best you can? But yeah. it's because like the world is not set up to allow her to feel that right. way. Yeah. I have a friend um, and I will shout them out in the show notes. Um, and if they weren't so overworked, I would have asked them to be involved in this too. But um, they actually created this organization called um, Queer Trans People of Color Mental Health. Um, and they created a zine called Rest for Resistance, mm. which is the That's coolest good. phrase yeah. ever, Very right? Cool. And they, they talk a lot about um, this topic mm-hmm. and how like taking rest and taking time for yourself is is this huge act, like, of, like, F you to capitalism mm-hmm. and, like, all these things. Yeah. But they also, in their personal lives, can't pay for food, right? right. Um, so yeah. they're not at a point yeah. where they can rest for resistance, really, because they're really trying yeah. to trying to live. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that and that's where we get to, like, these bigger, which we were talking mm-hmm. about, like, 
it, it's totally a personal thing. And if you can resolve it in, a, in an individual way, that's amazing. But it's also mm-hmm. a societal issue mm-hmm. and, um, and is a facet or a, maybe a mm-hmm. symptom of all these other mm-hmm. systems of oppression. Yeah. And um, it won't go away until we resolve all of those. Yeah. Just... yeah. Look at it, look at it, look at it. <laughs> look at it, look at it. Well, and also what you're saying, you know... Like, that's, like, the origins of the myth of the meritocracy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, because we're yeah. talking about people mm-hmm. who are have to work so incredibly hard in order to, like, make it. Mm-hmm. And when they do reach a point when mm-hmm. a select, select few, a small percentage, mm-hmm. reach a point where they're thriving, that becomes, like, this direct link to, like, hard work. And <laughs> yeah. to, you know, and yeah. to just like tenacity mm-hmm. and that is grappled onto and becomes a huge point of pride and that like filters down through their own lives and throughout like the lives mm-hmm. of their children, their grandchildren, intergenerational as like the trauma of hard work mm-hmm. by force, like mm-hmm. ha- the only way to like create like sustainable living conditions. Yeah. So it's like mm-hmm. I am annoyed by the fact that I'm around so many people mm-hmm. who are like, oh, I worked so hard, like, blah, 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 I earned this, or blah, or like, look at me, I'm doing so good because I'm working so hard. But also, like, recognizing the, like, what's this background? Like, mm-hmm. what, like, that's mm-hmm. also, like, probably mm-hmm. a story there. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. who in your world did that? Like, did you do mm-hmm. that forever? And then it's like, that's what you have like that's yeah that's your story so yeah were you gonna add no no she's not gonna wow i feel great she feels great is there before we move on to like the last question i think is there anything else you want to say yeah already um is there anything you want to say more about like queerness in particular because we didn't get like too much into that we haven't Mm -hmm. really touched on that yet but it sounds like it's not like a huge issue in your workplaces which is well, I mean, not in my I... workplace, but yeah, we'll I... talk about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, but not in your workplace, which right, also doesn't. Right. Isn't yeah. Every... Yeah. yeah, no, no, I want you. <laughs> well, I will say. So I interviewed for this clerkship, and like interviewing for clerkships means that you just like meet with the judge, and the judge can choose whoever and can let you know that day and require you to answer right then or months later. Mm. So it's just like a messed up system right. where. A lot of abuse happens, but I have a lot of privilege. And so in my interview, I made a point of talking about my then female partner Mm -hmm. and like how she and Mm -hmm. her, you know, making sure that like my judge knew that I was Mm -hmm. queer Mm -hmm. because if he didn't want to hire a queer person, then I don't want to work there. Yeah. But that was also like my huge privilege to put that out there and to risk that. Mm -hmm. Um... And then my judge has turned out to be great about it and, like, makes an effort with pronouns and talks about gay pride. Cute. That's always so cute. <laughs> my boss asked me, she was like, or, no, she didn't ask me. She was like, yeah, I haven't gone to the, to the parade, but I really do want to go. I'm like, oh, you're cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, oh, you yeah. know about the yeah. parade, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to hear more from Katie about Whoa. the parade. Okay. But <laughs> for me, it's just been like, and I, I mean, in the life of a queer person, I'm like an infant queer. I'm not a baby queer, mm-hmm. but like, I've only been out for like five or six years, oh, right? And you're an infant. Okay. Yeah, that's, I, that I mean, that 
makes me I a mean, zygote. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're a toddler. But okay, yeah. I'm a yeah, I'm a toddler. I'm yeah. walking. I'm talking. Yeah, terrible twos. But <laughs> <laughs> we're yeah. we're both young queers. Young right? queers. We really are. And so. Like, even in that short time, though, I'm, like, still figuring it out and constantly wondering, like, how do I come out in this conversation? Mm -hmm. Or do Mm -hmm. I? And, like, do I have the, you know, should I have an argument with my cousins who are still active in the LDS church? Mm -hmm. Yes. Usually (laughs) I do. It's not always good, but I usually do. And, like... Just constantly questioning what kind of information I should share with people yeah. is the experience I have. Because mm-hmm. I do not read as queer. Mm-hmm. Like, I benefit and suffer from a lot of cis privilege yes, where yeah. I'm not seen. Yeah. And so that means that if people are going to know I'm queer, it's going to be things that I share with yeah. them about me. <laughs> yeah. That resonates yeah, with Katie because she put her finger on her nose. I touched my nose. Yeah, no, I'm all I'm femme presenting, mm-hmm. cisgendered lady. So I uh, feel that. Oh, I'm feeling just burnout. Yeah. With my, I wouldn't say with my own queerness, but mm-hmm. in context of my queerness was, it was kind of like apropos that you asked us to do this mm-hmm. because I you know, Pride weekend just happened mm-hmm. here in Salt Lake tell us about it and I you know maybe where I'm at personally mm-hmm. um, I just moved into this new ridiculous house that's ridiculous and I'm doing all these projects and it's awful and I'm exhausted all the time but also Mm-hmm. I felt this last year and the year mm-hmm. before, and I'm just burnt out with pride. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, Maeve, we talked about it. We talked about how it is very queer. Like, mm-hmm. Salt Lake Pride is great because it is surprisingly queer because Salt Lake City is the queerest city in the United States. Per capita. Per capita. <laughs> That's a really crucial fact. Woo! But, um, <laughs> per capita, operative phrase. There's there. like a hundred thousand people. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm just like burnt out with it mm-hmm. because I like the marketing is frustrating yeah. and like the pressure to have a good time <laughs> is the thing that like gets me about mm-hmm. queer pride culture. It's like, I need to be celebrating I'm like, what am I? What are you celebrating? Up to, yeah, like what? <laughs> it's so, it's like, extent. what am I just like? What am I jubilant about right now? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, am I? And do you want to do it with a bank? Yeah, walking. Do I want to do ah. it with like Wells fucking Fargo? You can edit that out or whatever. And Schmel's L3. Gargo. Um, L3 is the company it that produces sh- like terrorism Schmel's devices. Schmel's Gargo yeah. and Bell Tree and <laughs> whatever. Like, fuck mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Like, I. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah. Why? Yeah. I don't want to do that. And mm-hmm. also, I have my own angst, like, my own personal yeah. frustrations about how, like, Pride is a hard time. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's really fun and cool, and I'm excited that people are excited. But I feel like, you know, then there's people like me who have like these frustrating, mm-hmm. yeah, personal family dynamics. Where right. It's yeah. Like, totally. Uh, 
there's still a lot of shame here. There's yeah. still a lot of yeah. And so then you know, and it, like two hours isn't gonna right. It's that. not gonna make that better. Uh-huh. Like that's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of really specific space at Pride that is not where I want to be at. <laughs> so I'm burnt out with yeah. that sector of. Mm-hmm. Of mm-hmm. queer culture right now. Yeah. Yeah, because it still feels very... Mm-hmm. It still feels very dangerous to me. Regardless of how, like, in my normal daily life, I'm totally out to literally everyone mm-hmm. at my work life here, you know. But in in very specific contexts, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Pride reminds me of that. Yeah. 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 Something I know you and I have talked about, Katie, yeah. is, like, visibility. Yeah. And I wonder yeah. um, how that comes up for you with your queer identity totally. or burnout right, or, like, because right, right. I know you've you've mentioned that, like, you go to a gay bar and right. people say, why is this, like, straight girl yeah. here? Right? Well, like, right. I, mm-hmm. And that reflects weirdly onto me and becomes, like, a weird... Mm-hmm maybe within the category of self-loathing thing because like Hmm. I see a bunch of straight kids at pride and I'm like what the fuck you know and then it's like oh that's how people are seeing me also Mm -hmm. because of the way I'm presenting so that sucks it's also like you should be able to present however right exactly dress and and look and talk however you want right and it's like I'm making these judgments and so I'm very much entrenched Mm -hmm. in what Mm -hmm. we all are yeah Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. what I have been exposed to and what Mm -hmm. we have been exposed Mm -hmm. to and yeah yeah what does that feel like for you Allie Oh, it's interesting. I feel very not visible, invisible maybe. And it's funny, like my partner is very visibly queer and trans and they have said to me, they've been like, well, do you get the queer nod? And I'm like, I don't know what that is. (laughs) I've never experienced that. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. But if, if I walk with my partner, Mm -hmm. then I do. Like then people Mm -hmm. see me. And so... It's, I don't know, I feel complicated about it because I know that it actually, like, on the one hand, I am so physically safe, right, mm-hmm. yeah. because of that. Yeah. And on the other hand, I I always feel, I almost always feel very self-conscious in queer spaces yeah. of, like, belonging there, right. in quotes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. about this at mm-hmm. our intersectional feminist book club. <laughs> Plug. Wee, wee. Um, so good. If you're in Salt Lake City, get yourself to a book club. Yeah. Every other to Thursday. Club, yeah. Salt Lake City Public Library. What up? Woo! Um, I saw a sign actually at Pride that said, um, "Salt Lake libraries are the." <laughs> it was good. I saw that. Sign oh too. my god! Yeah. You're kidding? Yeah, I want one. What? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but what I was gonna say was that we had this conversation mm-hmm. because I remember we were talking about presenting. We read mm-hmm. Femme in Public. Wow. Yes, by Alok yeah. Vaid Manan. Yeah. Alok is my superhero. Um, but we talked about presenting mm-hmm. and like um, what it feels like and looks like to choose like how you present to other people mm-hmm. and like um, 
and the pain of having to make like go against what you want to look like for mm-hmm. or vice versa like what you guys are talking about um and then I remember saying something like well like shouldn't it be that everybody is just like everybody's everybody and like mm-hmm. we should just look at somebody and mm-hmm. we just don't assume anything and then we got into like yeah but that that's problematic too or that's really yeah. complicated too I remember that I responded to that yeah. and said oh yeah but I want to be seen Right? Yeah. It's like I want people, you want to, people to assume. I want people to I'm, assume that I'm queer. Absolutely. Like, yeah. there's coding. Like, that's why yeah. fem flagging was invented. You know, mm-hmm. like, that's why. Yeah. We want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We want nonverbal cues. Like, we. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, can we? I'm not going to generalize all of us want that. Yeah. But I. Mm hmm. I also. Touching my touching nose. Touching my nose. We're touching. <laughs> it's just, mm-hmm. I want that. Like, I want. Yeah. So it's complicated. It's then. very mm-hmm. complicated. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, maybe how do we create a world where ev- anyone with yeah. that is queer, with yeah. whatever gender presentation, gender identity, can cue in a way that feels good for them. So you're handshake. Secret handshake, secret. maybe, yeah. Maybe like a like a secret, like you know, like the a, Hunger Games, how they whistled, like oh, some whistling. Yeah, that would be good. I'm just kidding, though. Yeah. Sorry, keep going. No, I like that. I like that. It, yeah, no, these are great practical yeah. ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Should we disseminate them through yeah. this <laughs> through this we'll podcast? One. Yeah, <laughs> or like some winking. Some Winking. I feel like winking's universal. Yeah, winking. Yeah, uh, means something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't wink. Yeah, the straights kind of got a hold on them. So <laughs> we'll just let them have it anyway. <laughs> we'll give them winking. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Um. Well, that was the last question. Not not that. The last question is related to what you were saying about how can we create this like world. Um. And the question is, um. Well, the question is a quote. <gasps> English majors. Right. Um, from an article about burnout, and the author writes, the question can't just be how I prevent my burnout. It has to be how I can prevent yours. And the answer will entail not just creating better mm-hmm. workplaces, but also becoming better people. Mm-hmm. I want to cry when I mm-hmm. think about that. Because yeah. I think mm-hmm. it hits home to what we were saying, because we all recognize yeah. that we are on this, like, one side of a huge spectrum of people who are mm-hmm. like fighting to mm-hmm. to work to live. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we change mm-hmm. yeah. anything? Yeah, girls, yeah. take it away. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, one like thing in my life is that I have we have unpaid interns which is exploitative and <laughs> I think everyone should be paid for their labor uh-huh. but I can't change that right now. So we have unpaid interns that work with us at the court and I just focus a lot on cultivating the relationships I have with them and like mentoring them and building skills and modeling work life balance in quotes. And, like, mm-hmm. modeling, making decisions about how you're going to live your life in an intentional way that is not just climbing the privilege ladder yeah. or climbing the prestige ladder. Right. Um, the pratter, as it were. The pratter. <laughs> the pratter. Yeah. Um, and so that's one thing I've been trying yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, 
I read an article a while back. You read an article. Mostly, read an article. mostly so I could use the phrase. I read an article. Um, <laughs> or I listened that, to a podcast. I listened to. <laughs> I was listening to a television program um, about how called the Bachelorette. Called <laughs> the Bachelorette. Um, Little Housewives of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Are you here for the right reasons? <laughs> um, so <laughs> I, I, I was reading this article that was talking about like work-life balance, but then kind of started talking about it in terms mm-hmm. of work-life integration. Which I felt... It sounds scary. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Panic. So I read that and I was like, yikes, this is talking about like letting your work life take over your life. Which was like pretty much what I got from that article was like, oh, so this person wants to like glorify them being like immersed in their work life constantly. Fine. Cool. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Let that toxicity Mm -hmm. take over. But I have kind of, like, thought about that term yeah. and tried to, like, re-appropriate it just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, As, I like, work-life integration, like, mm-hmm. oh, gardener. And, like, I love gardening. I garden when I go home. I garden all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, I integrated. love what I happen to be paid for mm-hmm. that also becomes work and becomes tedious and becomes its own gross thing that I have mm-hmm. to deal with on a daily basis. You, sh- you bring your full self to your right. workplace. Right, exactly. And I've, like, integrated that mm-hmm. reciprocally yeah. mm-hmm. in each way. Um, that's really good. Yeah. And so, that's super lucky. And I think about that a lot. But, um, what's really important for me, too, is to integrate, like, the life that I'm bringing with mm-hmm. The people I'm working with. And I'm recently mm-hmm. in my newest position, like, as being, like, more of a supervisor. Mm-hmm. Like, just in order to, like, prevent burnout and to, like, keep people... Mm-hmm. To keep people I'm working with interested in what we're doing, just, like, being real with them and just mm-hmm. being, like... Oh, like, oh, like, just being candid mm-hmm. in the most professional way that I can, which I'm not... You know, I don't get top marks for professionalism, but just being as professional as I can... With um, but also being real, yeah, and just being like, yeah, if you need to take a break right now, mm-hmm. like, go ahead, yeah, um, or like absolutely. just like making it so like mm-hmm. you're not afraid to ask me questions, like yes, mm-hmm. ask me questions, but like also like if no. we're lagging on a task, like let's get there, mm-hmm. but let's do it in like a way that is like mm-hmm. positive for you. That makes the biggest yeah. difference. I just want to say like that is especially mm-hmm. if it's a if it's a superior like yeah. in the context mm-hmm. of work. To have someone who mm-hmm. cares about you as a human and not yeah. just as an employee yeah. is huge. And most people or many people don't have that yeah. that luxury. So it's amazing that you are someone who's like providing mm-hmm. that. I'm thinking about when I was my first year teaching, I remember telling my supervisor, she told me to be like more animated, like teaching these kindergarten kids, which we were like teaching them for insane hours or whatever. And she was like, you, you know, it looks like you're a little like tired, like you need to have more energy. And I was like... I've just been, like, really tired because I'm working, like, so many yeah. hours, and then I get really anxious at night, so I can't yeah. sleep. Yeah. I'm, like, telling her that. Right. She's, like, I was, like, so, I, I don't know. I just need to get more sleep was, like, my conclusion. And mm-hmm. she was, like, um, or you could just drink a five-hour energy, like, at lunch Rough. or something. Rough. Wow. <laughs> and I just remember, like, that is not. Yeah. No. Not. not. So it's, yeah. it's I think, oh. like, just being, yeah. recognizing that mm-hmm. you can be the person in your workplace yeah. who, like, allows people to to yeah. be themselves yeah. it's huge and mm-hmm. that that's like not going to harm your productivity in quotation no. marks right no that's okay Absolutely. that's the thing um mm-hmm. also 
recommending drinking a five hour and that's the opposite of compassion right right and then the best supervisor i ever had i had even while he was my supervisor a close relationship like a friendship like Mm -hmm. and i have learned learned so much from him and also Mm -hmm. never worked harder for yeah Mm -hmm. and like modeling for people to not just work to work Yeah. yeah modeling that i love that yeah Mm-hmm. No, that's it. That is, I mean, that's it. Like, we can impact like locally, like in our workplaces, mm-hmm. and by by talking openly about it, and by talking openly about stuff like mental health or like your mm-hmm. physical like fatigue and yeah. stuff like that, mm-hmm. and just making that side of work culture mm-hmm. uh, apparent, I think it it makes a big difference. Or I would hope so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Girls. Wow. What a journey. Man, wow. you wow. guys are just the wisest, wow. most oh. amazing humans. You yeah. are too much. I Tears on, tears wow. on all ends. Tears, violence. Well, this is mine. That's my Tiny violin. Tiny violin. Oh. Thank you guys so much. I don't think there's anything else to say except for I love you both and I, I so appreciate you. I love you. call out to our queer trans yeah. like yeah. femme mm-hmm. sisters and brothers of color yeah. gender queer and non-binary yeah. folks of color and like how the burnout that they experience is like putting their lives in danger i would also like to echo that call out um and would love to hear from anyone who's Mm-hmm. traveling through some burnout and just any feedback you have to say on what mm-hmm. we've touched on and for sure yeah i mm-hmm. i always want to know mm-hmm. how my own language is being yeah what mm-hmm. you know, what, are, what are we saying and yeah what, we can always improve and grow. how how can we how can we grow move forward <laughs> yeah and um yeah, yeah. might when you have extra capacity in your life yeah like when you're not experiencing burnout think about how to how to spend